and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for a daily commute. I'm Jules Boyle and today it's a two-hander, I'm just joined by our own Adam Miller. How you doing? On the pod today we're going to have a look at the latest goings on at Rangers with the arrival of Joe Rebo and the rumours that the departure of Stephen Gerrard won't seem to go away. Is that also the sad news that David Turnbull's move to Celtic is finally over and also just where did the club go for here? Okay, well first up, Rangers today finally get that Joe Rebo deal over the line, making that Stephen Gerrard's seventh new face of the summer. Um, saying that, the rumours of Gerard himself been wanting to be Newcastle approaching a fever pitch, it just seems to be con- constantly flying up, back and forward. Um, now Gerard said he's happy at Rangers and he's clearly planning for next season with all those new players that he's bringing in. Um, do we think there's anything in it first of all? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, Newcastle might maybe make an approach, but at this stage I don't see Gerard leaving Rangers. I think, uh, as has been alluded to, uh, I think it was Ali McCoist was saying earlier on today on the radio, I think he was saying that there's unfinished business for Gerard, and I think that's patently obvious. I think, uh, obviously, as I was saying in the podcast the other day, I think Gerard will eventually move to the English Premier League, probably to uh, maybe a mid-table side and field it from there. He can use that as a springboard to the Liverpool job. I don't think... Uh, it's a great secret that that would be his big ambition is to one day manage Liverpool. At the moment, I think he'd look at it as if he was to leave Rangers at this moment, he could point to having improved the side and maybe improved some of the culture around the club um, in terms of the professionalism. But in general, um, that that's not going to really translate beyond Scottish football. People aren't people are just going to look at it and go, well, he went. Down, he went up to Scotland for one season, didn't win anything, and now he's come back to England. I think Gerard would be really, really keen to have won something before he's left Scotland. I think uh, he had he, there were clear improvements at Rangers last season, far from the finished article. But I think Gerard is going to want to have left Rangers in a better position than they are now. I think. He saw the improvements in Europe last season in Europa League and he'll want to take that a step further this year. In terms of the league, he's clearly not been messing about in the transfer window. That's seven signings already, I think. Uh, That suggests that he's had players in mind for a while that even during last season he was building for next season. Um, So I I I think Gerrard will be really really disappointed if he ends up leaving Rangers without having won something that's why I don't think he'll move anywhere other than if by some bizarre set of circumstances Klopp was to leave Liverpool and they turned to Gerrard neither of which would uh, there's the slightest hope of happening this summer that would be the only situation by which I could see Gerrard leaving Rangers this summer I, I think uh, I think he'll be here at least one more season I reckon probably two more years and then he'll be off to some, maybe a mid-table English side. Yeah, totally. I mean, to get, to get him to leave at the moment would have to be absolutely something massive. Yeah. Um, and it would just defeat the whole point. He's obviously, he's got a plan. He's, he's doing stuff here. Yeah. Uh, it's, on, it's not even unfinished business. He's still in the middle of getting the, the team and himself, his reputation, where he wants it to be. Yeah. Uh, and he said the other day uh, that he wasn't motivated by money. And Gerard unlike the two people in this room just now, is fortunate enough to be in that position. Exactly. Um, but but Gerard is one of these guys that you could always see it in his play and you can see it in his style of management. He's a very, very driven guy, almost to a fault. You think back to uh, 
the infamous mistake he made against Chelsea. The remainder of that game, his sort of desire and his passion, I think, was a fault at the for the rest of that game rather than ra- rather than keeping a cool head and trying to find teammates and right, okay, we lost that goal, it was unfortunate, let's try and get back into it. You saw him taking pops from distance. He looked like the head had gone. And Gerard yeah. is a brilliant player and he seems to have made a good start in terms of man management as well. But because he's got that desire and that passion, uh, I think that can almost cloud your ju- cloud your judgment at times. Um, but I think money certainly is not going to be his main motivation. Newcastle will offer, if they do offer Gerard something, it'll be substantially more than what he's on at Rangers just now. But I think his priority for just now will be trophies and ensu- ensuring that he has a positive legacy when he eventually does leave Rangers. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, you've always seen that even back at Liverpool, even when he was a young player at Liverpool, you saw the competitive streak in him and that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as, as one of those players is burning of that sort of thing. You can see it. You can imagine him playing golf with the kids and not giving them a single stroke. Do you know what I mean? That kind competitive of dad. Competitive dad, uber competitive yeah. dad. And I can't see him coming to Rangers, at, you know, and wanting to leave ever until he's done stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Until he's won at least some silverware, until he's made a great run in Europe, he's done that. Obviously, we want to win the league, mm-hmm. we want to do that, but I can't see him, his own self pride and self image. He's not going to want to walk away, you know, no. to use a phrase, do you know what I mean? But he's, he's not, do you know what I mean? He's going, yeah. to, he's going to, and he's going to make them win, he's going to do that. And that's why things like the Derby thing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just, I, don't, I don't think he would be remotely interested in, in that no. sort of step. Do you know what I mean? He would see that as a step down. I think so. Um, I really think. And also, Newcastle. Obviously, you've got, you know, Big Mike Ashley uh, mm-hmm. at the controls. and you speak to any Newcastle fan, you can get an opinion on, on that. Yeah. Um, offer Benitez is gone. You know what I mean? They're not happy about that. You know, again, is that an attractive offer for him? He, he go down there and, was it, and, that, and amongst it? Well, this is the thing. He would, he would obviously, they would chuck a load of money at Gerard to try and t- get him to take the job. But I think Gerard is a smart enough guy that he would look at the circumstances of that job and he'd go... And, and, Presumably as well, Gerard would be in contact with Rafa Benitez anyway, having played for him and enjoyed success with totally. him. Totally. Um, and I doubt Benitez would be that complimentary about Mike Ashley, uh, as en- as anyone else in Newcastle <laughs> would be. Anyway. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a strange one, the way Benitez left that club anyway. And I think that would give any manager, never mind Stephen Gerrard, second thoughts. Mm. I think with, with Gerrard and the way that he's improved things at Rangers, he'll merely see last season as a stepping stone to him improving things won't be an achievement it'll just be right this is the next step and then we just build on that and build on that till we win something um for him to quit that after a year and go to newcastle i could be wrong but to me that just doesn't sort of chime with the stephen gerrard that we're aware of no you know? no I mean, it makes no sense at all it really yeah. doesn't i mean obviously alan mccoy has come out Saying that Rangers are a bigger team than Newcastle, um, and obviously you've got like Lee Bauer, like a dog with a bone, hmm. with the Rebo stuff, saying he should stay in England, he should stay at Brentford. Part of that he could take is sort of some sort of sour grapes that it's his team, but it's just saying stay in England. There is this general perception that you know any job in England is bigger than a job in Scotland, even if it is a team like Rangers or Celtic. Um, there, there, there is that sort of thought down there anyway. Do you know what I mean, obviously Alan McCoyce has got a, a different perspective, as yeah. you would expect. Um, I mean, what, what do you think is more important, obviously, for, for that perspective? Is it the size of the club, or is it the opposition you face? I mean, what's the better for your your, your rep? And your... I, I think it's I think it's born of ignorance that kind of thing. The comments that Boyer was making and uh, various other people. This idea that uh, you know he's he's going to be playing. Against, of course, he's of course they're going to be. Ar- Aribo's going to be playing against 
players that aren't of the same calibre as he would be playing against down south. But at the same time, uh, the infrastructure of a club like Rangers, the history, the intensity of of that, that, you know, you can play against all, all the good players you like, but if you're at a small side, all, that's the only kind of real learning you're going to be doing is testing yourself against big players but there's so many other tests that come with playing for Celtic or Rangers and you've seen and we've talked about this example before Joey Barton's always a good one to come back to right because that's a guy who just swanned swanned into Scottish football started making these grand pronouncements before he kicked a ball and then didn't kick a ball at all like, <laughs> no. so the, the, this perception that you can just come up and stroll yeah, you're not playing against the world's best, but you are playing physical, intense football. And if you're a skillful player, if you're a guy who is maybe agile and has a good first touch and has flicks and tricks, but you're not necessarily you, uh, you've not necessarily been testing yourself in the most physical environment, then you're going to add something to your game. The best players, the players who are young and learn from Scottish football. They leave their time in Scottish football because no one really expects Aribo to be here for 10 years, right? Let's say he's at Rangers for two or three years. He's going to come away from that with, if he has the right attitude, he's going to come away from that probably physically stronger, probably a bit smarter as well because he'll have worked out, right, how do I nick the ball away from guys who are out to half me in every game, you know? So you come, you'll learn from that, but you'll also learn from that intensity of being part of the sort of the Scottish football scene and particularly in Glasgow with Celtic and Rangers, the intensity, whether that be from fans, media or whatever, there's just a constant scrutiny on you and that affects not just the way that you play on the pitch, but it's bound to have an impact on your personality as well. So if he can survive that and thrive in that kind of environment, then he's going to have learned a lot and improved a lot as a player and as a person. And so however long he spends at Rangers could be absolutely invaluable for him. Absolutely, that's the thing. You know, if you play at Brentford and, you know, you draw the first couple of games of the season, you get a win and you draw another one, you know, there's not going to be people outside the stadium calling for your head. No, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And exactly. that's the level that's up here. It's that level of pressure and expectation. Exactly. So that's going to add consistency. Again, if he has the right attitude, it's going to add consistency to his game. Because you know, like you say, with Brent, with Brentford, if you have an off day or the team all have an off day and you lose 3-0, yeah, there'll be like one bad write-up in the paper and a couple of angry tweets about it. But it's you can get on with the rest of your week and go shopping, you know. <laughs> but if you're a Celtic or Rangers player and you've been pumped three 0 and then you're you're going out into into the street the next, you're gonna hear about it. If you log on to Twitter or your Instagram or whatever, you're gonna hear about it, and it's gonna be impossible to escape until the next game. And he, as I say, if he addresses that the right way, if he kind of embraces that and thrives on it, then he's going to leave Scottish football a far more rounded player than he was when he arrived today. And I think an English team looking at him, say, three years from now when he's 25, they'll go, well, this is a guy who's not even yet at the peak of his game, but you look at the difference between the scrawny young guy who signed for Rangers and now this physical, intense guy who's left Scottish football, who's smarter, who's well, who's in better shape, all the rest of it, they'll go, well, this guy is physically and psychologically ready to play at the top level of English football. And that is, I think, the benefit to any young player coming from England playing and opting to play for uh, in Scottish football. I think that's where Scottish football can really benefit you. Definitely, 100%, absolutely. So to sum up basically, Boltley, 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Off> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, and speaking, obviously, of transfers, um, the David Turnbull saga is finally ground a halt today with the news that he needs preemptive surgery, um, seemingly on his knee. I mean, first of all, you have to feel very bad for the lad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only 19. Um, hopefully it's not going to delay his career too much. But it is you know, it's, it's sad to see it can end like this after all that. Yeah, I think uh, as much as so, uh, as so many aspects of the deal were dealt with in a kind of, uh, well, not as well as they could have been, in the end, it's not really the kind of, oh, what are they like, sort of funny ending to this. It's just a bit sad. I yeah. think uh, there were so many back, uh, so many, so much toing and froing with this deal, and so many moments where Turnbull could have been a Celtic player and could have even been a Norwich player. Now he's going back to Motherwell and there's going to be large question marks around his fitness. Obviously, he's going to get this operation. Um, and we obviously hope that when he comes back from the operation, he's completely fit and he's ready to pick up where he left off last season. But, if, you know, let's not forget, this guy's only 19 years old. So at this age, an injury like that can be really, it can have a really major impact and also psychologically a young guy dealing with all this that's been played out in public you know it's not just been it's it's not you this there's a scenario in an alternate universe where this could have all played out behind closed doors and it only emerged a couple of days ago that Celtic were interested in the guy and then we find out right you failed the medical and you go right well we understand that for want of a better phrase we move on right but this has been played out in public for weeks now and it's been, it's become a meme, essentially, this uh, Turnbull thing. Uh, I think that potentially, as much as the injury, could have an impact on him as a, as a player and just as a young guy. So I think it's really important that he just gets the operation out of the way, is given the right kind of assistance to get back to full fitness, and that when, when he does emerge and he's fully fit again, that he just tries to put all of this behind him and hopefully is able to pick up the form that he showed last season because he was fantastic last season. And if he does that, he's perfectly capable of getting that move to Celtic or wherever else in the future. And I think the ideal scenario for all parties concerned at this point now is that he's able to put it behind him, become physically fit again, not let it affect him too much psychologically, and a year or so from now, he gets that move from Motherwell, and let and at the same token as well, that Motherwell are able to still recoup a substantial fee for him. Because as much as Motherwell, as Stephen Robinson from a playing standpoint, would have loved to still have David Turnbull in his team, I don't think anyone at Motherwell could realistically knock back three or three point two five million, whatever it was in the end. So Motherwell might in the last couple of weeks have been making plans for how they were going to spend that money, whether it was investing it in the team or elsewhere in the club. Surely the second that figure was agreed on, they would have started making plans for, right, where does that three million go? Now that they're not getting it, they're going to have to say, right, well, sorry, Stephen, you can't buy this guy, or sorry, whoever else in the club were not able to raise this or buy this or whatever. And so it's going to have a knock-on effect. And I think the ideal scenario for everyone in this is that whether it be January or next summer, 
turn Bill Getz's move, whether that be Celtic or elsewhere. Yeah, totally. I mean, you've got, you've got to think, as you say, the Motherwell thing, you know, they're not a, a rich club. Um, no. They're they're looking at getting 3.25 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be planning for it. And all of a sudden, they're not only not getting it, but they've still got their, you know, arguably one of their best players, but he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the thing. Motherwell have ended this in a worse situation than anyone else because not only have they not got the transfer fee, they've also not got the player for the next few months uh, or however long it is. Um, so it's not like, you know, if they sold him today, say, um, Stephen Robinson would, you know, he wouldn't have necessarily been able to attract a player of the same calibre with, for three million and I'm not for a second suggesting he would have been given all that three million to spend anyway but he would have been able to replace him with some level of midfielder and hopefully one who was able to provide some kind of attacking threat from midfield the way that Turnbull was and now he has this massive gap in the team and no money with which yeah. to kind of bridge that so I think Motherwell have been probably left in a worse position than anyone by this um, I think for Turnbull, I think, you know, he'll, when he, for, you know, it's a cliche, but when he comes back, whether that be towards the end of the year or whenever, it will feel like a new signing for them. But for the first few months or however long it's going to be, the start of the season, I think it's going to be really difficult for Motherwell because they've lost Hasty as well. Yes, of course they have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, I mean, there was talk that there was kind of, they were still trying to do a deal, it seemed, before it was definitely yeah. off. Um, there was talk. Uh, Celtic take him on loan, there was talk of a reduced fee or that sort of stuff mm-hmm. like that. Would any of those sort of situations been a better idea, do you think? Or is this, is this really the only way it could end it? Um, I don't know how feasible it was, um, but this idea that there'd be like a reduced fee or a loan while he was getting fit, I could see the logic in it, but I think given that there'd been so much talk about this three million and everything like that, I, I don't think at any point it would have been realistic. I can, as I say, I can see the logic in it and it might not have been, you know, it might have been slightly preferable to them just not having Turnbull and not having the money. Yeah. Um, But obviously they didn't see it that way. No, definitely not. It's a shame. Uh, but obviously, I mean, that would have been Celtic's first um, sign in the, the summer window. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's you know some elements of people panicking. That nothing's been mm-hmm. happening. Other people have signed it. I mean, it's still it's open until September. Saying that they do have you know the Champions League qualifiers, Sarajevo, and you know a couple, yep. actually, a, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, the Christopher Julian thing uh, does sound just last night after the the Pinkerfield game and. Uh, Neil Lennon was asked about it and you'd normally expect it to be kind of like you know, like that and he went yep yep you just really came out and said you know mm-hmm. we're looking at it we're closing in it was like oh right okay yeah. supposedly he's on his way today he's having a medical today um, that um, French journalist respected sports journalist had tweeted about it earlier on and said he was on his way um, he did say he was uh, going to uh, a plane to London and stuff didn't quite understand we get direct flights <laughs> but apart from that so it's also basically it's very promising 7 million is the figure been quoted now it was 8 last night 7 million a big unit, a man who looks like a great player. I mean, yeah. so is there a thing, sort of, obviously, if he's wanting to see Celtic sign, Rangers have signed seven players, you know, Aberdeen have done six. Are Celtic just biding their time? Are they just going to come in with this big statement, a guy like that? I think the only time you can analyse a club's transfer window is at the end of it. I think it's really, really tempting if you support a team that hasn't signed anyone and you look at your rivals signing seven guys and still getting linked with more. It's easy to say, well, what are we doing? Pull the finger out. But yeah, again, stations. As, much as, as much as Celtic have had the odd leaked transfer list and the odd leaked photo of guys that didn't end up signing for them, 
most of what happens is still behind closed doors. So for all we know, Celtic could be on the verge of signing five or six different guys and we just don't know it. And they've been linked with so many players over the last few days. A lot depends as well on what happens with guys like Tierney and McGregor because either one of those guys being sold instantly changes the picture completely yep. at Celtic. Massively. Um, I, I don't see McGregor getting sold this window. I st- there's something about Arsenal's persistence with Tierney and the way that even Lennon's comments last night, you know, he was saying, I don't want to sell him. Obviously, he doesn't want to sell him. But he was talking about, you know, Arsenal have to do more to meet our value and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. The fact that he's got it's a value. Not, it's, it's not hands off, is no, it? No, it's an, an acknowledgement that he has a value. What we believe that value to be would probably be 25 with sell-on clause. Whether Arsenal want to meet that or not is a separate question. But I think, uh, I think... If he goes, that completely changes the picture for Celtic. Left-back becomes a huge priority. They already need a left-back, whether Tierney stays or not, because Izagiri's gone and Johnny Hayes isn't a viable regular option should Tierney get more injuries. I think with Julian, I think uh, he's coming with a good reputation. Um, A lot of good things are being said about him, and I think that is a position that Celtic needed strengthening. So... It's all very well saying what well, Rangers have brought in all these other guys, but it always comes down to quality over quantity. Um, and as I said, the best time to kind of address how successful a team's window has been is at the end of it. And I think Celtic will need to bring in a few more players. Um, I think there's, I, I, I think with Celtic, there's probably going to be a few more uh, that come in before the end of the window. But as I said, so much just depends on Tierney and McGregor. Yeah, definitely. It's that kind of thing. It does smell um, something that I think, as you said, I think more with Tierney. Mm-hmm. Um, not just Lennon's chat last night. It was an interview with last week. And just reading between the lines of the way he was speaking about it, mm-hmm. it just felt very, you know, this is a very strong possibility. It's not It's not talk. This is. This has been and talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've got evaluation and whether Arsenal are meeting it or not. But it does definitely sound, it's not so much as in the short window, I'm sure they'll want to lose him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's definitely... Um, it's out there. Yeah, like. and, and I think with Tierney as well, um, no doubt, any, as with any time anyone mentions the possibility of a high-profile player leaving Celtic or Rangers, you get this thing thrown back at you, like, oh, it's the media trying to unsettle them or something yeah. like that. But I think with, with, with Tierney, I think, as I was saying in the podcast a few days ago, you couldn't blame him if he left. You could completely understand that. Similarly, you could completely understand him saying, no, I want to stay until we get this 10 in a row. This is my club that I love. And to be there, if we're able to do that, would be the highlight of my life, would be fantastic. Similarly, Tierney had all those injury problems last season. If that becomes a recurring theme for him, there's no guarantee that a big team like Arsenal comes in for him after the 10 in a row. And this could be, he might look at it and go, this might be my only chance to make that big move yeah, to the definitely. Premier League. Yeah. So I don't, th- as much as it's very easy for someone who's never uh, kicked a ball in a professional football match to go, oh, I would never leave my boyhood heroes. Tierney is in a position, as we said the other day, he's in a position where if Arsenal come in and make him the right offer, uh, firstly, Celtic are going to be able to invest that money. But more importantly for Tierney, He's going to be in 
the one of the best leagues in the world. He's gonna have he's gonna be playing at a huge club as he is just now, but he, he's not gonna be sacrificing playing for a huge club to go down south. He's not gonna do that usual route of going from Scottish football to say Andy Robertson going to Hull. Uh-huh. He's already going into one of the top clubs top in England end. and Europe. Um, but also, he's going to become a set for life financially instantly. Um, he's obviously well paid at Celtic at the moment, but Arsenal will blow those figures out the water, and that would allow Tierney not just to be comfortable for the rest of his life, but it'll also allow him to uh, to to look after his family for the rest of their life. That kind of thing, as much as it's very easy to go, well, no, I'm a lifelong Celtic fan and I will never I, if I was in a if I was playing for Celtic I would never leave no matter how much money it's not greed there's nothing greedy about Tierney accepting that offer if he did accept it it's just pragmatism um, and I, I you know I won't be shocked if Tierney stays but similarly I won't be completely shocked if he goes in the window and as I said before that'll just have a huge impact on what Celtic do with the rest of the window. Absolutely, absolutely, definitely. Okie dokie, that's all for us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more for us at the Football Scotland website, on our social media channels and Facebook and on Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a, que- a question to us, make a comment or just take whatever you want, um, you can get me on at captain underscore howdy and Adam on at Old Firm Facts one Cheers, we'll see you tomorrow.